This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's... Sounds like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo trash to me. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to take two of the High Regard Show this week. Because we had an incident and Tom just froze up and didn't want to talk about it, even though like we were live recording the fact that someone just knocked on our apartment door someone that we did not we were not expecting and someone that we most likely do not know yeah we most likely 100% did not notice because nobody knocks on our apartment door unless they want to know if we want to switch from con edison or if we believe in jesus today true and that's all we usually get but when you're in the middle of recording a show, and then all of a sudden you get a knock on the door. And then you both freeze, and we just went silent for like a minute. Well, someone knocked on the door, and you said, oh my God, who is it? And I was like, I don't know. Could it be the police? Why would it be the police? Why would it be a ghost? Who the hell knows? Who said it was a ghost? Well, I know I wasn't saying it was a ghost. We have ghost issues all the way back to like episode number one, where I was like, ooh, what's that? And you turned around, and you're like, what is it, a ghost? Like, we always going to go back to that because that's but just what no, that was. But you're the only one that just went back to that just now. No, I was not even saying that it was a ghost. Well, now you got me thinking maybe it was. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, it wasn't a ghost. It was a man. I, I can hear it from the man knock. You could totally tell the difference between a male, a male and a female knock for sure. I bet you I could knock louder than you do. I don't think so. Female knockers are definitely softer. Oh, <laughs> You're such a misogynist. You are welcome for that freebie. Oh, you're such a douche canoe. So, here we are, back in the midst of recording number two of episode number, what is it now? Is it? 46, Tom. 46. And we were like 35 minutes in. 35 minutes in. And you decided in. to just set it free. But oh, I'm glad. I'm whatever. glad I'm glad you did because I didn't like the way it began anyway, so. You like the way this one began better? <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. With a knock at the door. Nobody knows knock who the, the hell door. it is. Nobody knows who was it. I who don't is even it? want to know. Who is it? Who was it? I do know that I want to go peek out the peephole. You could go look out the peephole. I swear to God, every time I think of that, I always think somebody's going to be waiting there. With a shotgun. With a shotgun at the door and as soon as they see like the reflection go by the peephole, bang. That, you know, you told me that in our very first apartment when mm -hmm. we moved to the city because, you know, I had lived in like very pretty safe, you know, apartments back in Pennsylvania. Yes, and the farms were pretty safe back oh then. Oh my God, I Whatever. lived in a city. Shut up, God Yes, damn you it. lived in a metropolis. <laughs> you did. Says the person who grew up in Long Island, which is even more spacious than Pennsylvania. So shut up. Long Island is just where the rich comes to play. Is it? Yeah. Is it? For a lot of people. Not not for us, but for a lot of people, exactly. it's where the rich so, come to play. So whatever. Slow Meaning, your roll, Whatever. Tom. Hey, you know what would be a good idea? Oh, I don't know. Like, you heard? Um, Yeah, actually, that was exactly it. Mm -hmm. Well, get on it. This week's You Heard comes to us from St. Nicholas Avenue between 147th Street and 148th Street. This, I will loosely call him a gentleman, 
Very loosely. Was walking with his friend. And I was going in the opposite direction behind the woman that they were going to make a comment about. She was wearing a white lace dress. She was absolutely beautiful. She had a smoking hot body. And of course, you know, the being men, they were like, ooh, yeah, they checked her out. And then he said, you see that lace? I want to lace all over her. Okay, I'm glad, number one, that you said loosely calling them gentlemen. That's number one. And number two, what is St. Nicholas known for outside of Christmas? I don't know what. I don't know either, but it seems like the most debaucherous, fucked up your herds that you come up with (laughs) come from a street called St. Nicholas. So I'm wondering if he is the patron saint of all things like... Awesome? mm, I was going to say deranged. (laughs) He's the patron saint of your herds. He might be. And that's this week's You Heard. Thank God. So I just thought that that You Heard went, you know, pretty well with this week's week's episode. Oh, really? Is somebody going to get laced all over? (laughs) Is this what's happening? No, and no, but obviously he was alluding to making sex on her. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And it just so happens that we interviewed comedian Pat Brown about um, her debut comedy album, which is called Sex Tape. You see, I'm glad you finally got to it, because up to that point in time, I thought we had gotten an interview from one of our other publicists, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I didn't know that was this interview. (laughs) I tricked you. (laughs) But anyway, Pat Brown is, um, she's really, really funny, and she just released Sex Tape last month. Um, And, you know, let's just roll the interview, and let's talk about sex, baby. Yes, let's roll that fabulous bean footage. Hi, this is Nikki. Yes, how are you? I'm very good. How are you today? Good, good. Thanks so much for sticking to the High Regard Show. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. And, you know, of course, um, you know, we were talking to you because you just released your hilarious debut comedy album, Sex Tape, on July 26th. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit Sorry. About... I'm, I'm... <laughs> no, yeah. no. <laughs> um, Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, how it came about and how long the process you know, it, how, how long was the process of coming up with, like, the polished act that we heard on the album? Well, um, actually, it, it takes a really long, uh, a bit to have an uh, album that is effectively good and stands out from other people. So I started mm-hmm. the album in February. My goal in February is just, uh, in six months I want to have a new 30 minutes because the general rule when I was reading about um, Louis C.K. and... Uh, and Chris Rock, they take about a year, and Chris Rock says a year and a half. He thinks uh, Louis K doing an hour in a year is uh, crazy. Because you take a joke, and then you have to really, really hash and hammer that joke out until it's funny, funny, funny. And that's the right. time. And then you've got to go to other parts of that joke to build on that part. And then come to find out you might go a different way with it uh, totally. And uh, so it really takes a long time. So uh, the album came together. Uh, some jokes on there that that I had before, but they really wasn't chiseled. And there mm-hmm. were some jokes that I uh, found a new, uh, fresh uh, jokes. And um, but my whole that whole 2015 was about me going out and really hitting stages and uh, really getting a uh, hammering the, the jokes to come together. So it was a it was a it was a process, but it was one of the best years I've ever had. And when I say that, I mean one of the best enjoyable years I've had in comedy in a long time. And did you find that, you know, now that the album's out and you've gone through this whole process, like, did it change the way that you approach, you know, your set 
after having done that year-long process? Yeah, I'm the laziest fuck now. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what my work is. I'm done. Uh, let me look at let me look at this notebook. Uh, uh, I'll go with this stuff tonight. No, uh, yeah, I am. For a little while, I actually was like that. I mean, I really was like exhausted from it. The whole um, process really takes a lot out of you mm-hmm. in terms of. Um, just building up to it, and then there was a uh, recording of it. So I just needed to decompress. Uh, but I love those jokes, and actually those jokes have gotten even better since the taping. And mm-hmm. um, and I've gotten new jokes since the taping. It's just um, that's just the uh, you know the the nature of the beast. Okay. And but, you know uh, what the it- process doesn't change. The process doesn't change from you have to you know uh, pretty much write. Uh, a joke, see if it's uh, the idea that you uh, originated is funny and you come back and, and continue to, you know, craft it and, and adjust it until it's something that you really, really love. And is writing something that you do, you know, on a daily basis? Like, are you even one of those people that walk around with a notebook and just, you know, write things that you see as you're out and about in the city or on the road or anything? Yeah, I realized uh, long ago that I am a writer, but I ain't writing ever, and so I cannot read ever decipher anything that I write. So I started to just do uh, uh, put my thoughts into um, a voice, uh, my voice uh, recording that, and so I, I do. That's my process, but I do write them out. It's something very therapeutic for me about mm-hmm. pen and uh, pen against paper. So I do write during the day. Uh, those jokes out, but if I have a thought, I have to put that thought thought in a you know a video, uh, I mean a, a recorded audio recording. Um, and you're not even. Yeah, but I write. <laughs> yeah, when I was writing this, <laughs> no, that's funny. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I, I write. I'm one of those people. That I was writing every day, and then uh, most comics say to me, a lot of comics have said to me, I can't do every day. Well, well, that's what I do, and it makes you very, very clear about what you're working on. It's almost like a goal. If you mm-hmm. see a goal and you work toward that goal every day, uh, things come up, things that uh, let you know what, where you're headed or if you're not just headed in the right place and it's serendipitous in terms of seeing that goal every day, things mm-hmm. happen. And so that's why I'm a, a big proponent of uh, whatever joke you're working on, I'm working on it every day, seeing it every day. Okay, great. And let's just pretend for one second that sex tape was a real sex tape. What do you hope would yeah. happen after it's released? Yeah. <laughs> would you want a reality show, a fashion line, a record contract, a high-powered romance, internet fame forever, all of the above, or something completely different? Wow, that's a fucking great question. Oh, that is a fucking great question. Uh, you. you gotta give me the list again, though. That, yeah, thank you for doing that. Doing work on that. My God, that was wonderful. I am proud of you, Miss Lady. Um, Very much. Read them all to me again. Would you want, if if this was a real sex tape, would you want a reality show, a fashion line, mm-hmm. a record contract, a high-powered romance? Internet fame for all eternity, all of the above, or something I didn't even mention? I would want a uh, reality show. (laughs) And I would want to have sex, actually, uh, with somebody that was actually numb, I think, (laughs) in life. But, yeah, a reality show, because a reality show, I think, could be really uh, informative and crazy and kind of wonderful uh, about a comic life uh but yeah uh, i think i would want to but i would want everything else in uh the reality show first but all these other things to a lesser extent after that <laughs> all right yeah because I, I need to make residual money so i need a fashion line what, what was this a fashion line for a sex tape what is that just songs and uh tasties uh dress tasties <laughs> pretty much i um, think I, I would imagine <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> And, you know, after people... I would like, what I want out of the my sex tape is just really, because I'm, I'm a little vain about my body, so I would really want a lot of compliments for how hot I was. So that's <laughs> another thing that I want to come out of that. 
Like, you a whore. Yeah, but did you like my body? Yeah, you're fine. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you gonna slut shame? You put some compliments in there, please. We'll like some compliments on top of that judge, uh, a slut shame. That's fantastic. <laughs> and you know, after being voted most humorous in high school, you were a theater major who mm-hmm. then bounced around doing different fields before turning to comedy. What was the worst job that you did during that period of your life? I, I worked at a, at a car wash when I was in uh, <laughs> and I was in college, and it lasted one day. Oh, no. Why? I was like, yeah, because I realized it was work. <laughs> it was, and then, at, like, at the end of the uh, day, I don't know if uh, I think it lasted four hours or something like that. Uh, an hour before I would get out, the guy brought me in to actually take money, take the money. And I said, mm-hmm. all right, I was like, uh-uh, no, that is, you might try to be appeasing me or whatever, but I'm not coming back here at all. I was wet, <laughs> I was dirty. Uh, nobody fucking tips. I was like, I could have been a stripper. Uh, <laughs> and made way more money than this. Hell no. <laughs> so what finally made yeah. you, you know, decide to turn to comedy after that then? Uh, you know what? Comedy wasn't, and I, people say this, but it really wasn't in my mind to be a comic. It was always in my, I was always funny. I come from a family that just really, um, was a practice for us to be funny and, and jokes mm-hmm. was all around the house all the time. So it was just, I'm around funny all the time. So I was funny. I just didn't know how funny I was outside of my little, uh, friend group. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't a fun, I was, my, my, I was the youngest of, uh, of five kids. And so everybody else was talking jokes and were more, were more talkative than me and more funny, uh, than I was or I seemed to be. So it was a surprise then when I actually got into comedy later on and it realized how funny because my funny comes from my head first mm-hmm. and um and sometimes it just grows out into something bigger. But um so the question was, uh what was the question? <laughs> what made you finally decide to turn to comedy after having, you know, those string of jobs that just didn't work out? Right. So I was in Atlanta and there was a comedy club called the uh the uh comedy theater. It was the only uh only it was only with two black uh comedy clubs in the nation at the time and I would go down there every week and I said to myself, Well, this is the way that you can find out if you're funny or not And mm-hmm. so I challenged myself to go on stage to see if I could be funny. And that was it. Um I got booed that day and oh, it was no. like Hell no! I'm way funnier than that. You can't boo me. I'll show you. I'll show you. It's like that person that uh, you know, uh, gets fired and comes back, but instead of shooting up the place, I I came back and I I came back and I said, I'm gonna make everybody laugh. Which is actually more preferable, I think, in the long run. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do I will watch, come back next to I will, I will make everybody laugh. I swear to God. So, so that was what it was. So, uh, and had I done well, I might have quit. So, I, honestly, it was the ego. I have. Uh, I used to play basketball in college, and so it was. I'm sure I have an ego from that, and I'm gonna have an ego maybe through. That's the reason I play basketball. But anyway, all athletes have egos. So something about, uh, you know, bombing about. Uh, not doing well in front of this whole crowd of people that I just could not live with. So <laughs> that was it. That was a changing point, turning first point. Yeah, it was. It's got to go one way or the other. I think after like after an event, I have to ask. You know, from rampant racism and sexism to global violence and the upcoming election, um, you know, to say we live in a world that's very tumultuous right now would be an understatement. How important is right. it? to keep a sense of humor with so much shit happening around us right now? Oh, man, it's, it's just so, it's so major. Um, it, it was, you know, the day that it was a week that was really heavy uh, for me and a, a lot of uh, black people. It was uh, when Fidel uh, Castro got killed and then mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the 
guy from in Louisiana, he got uh, got killed. Right. And, um, that day was just really, really heavy. So it's like we and can't see another thing. And so a comic posted, and and it was like this is best to decompress. And what she posted it was a dog and a little boy on a carousel, and the carousel was going round and round and. To see this dog's face, it was like, okay, I'll play with you. And the dog is sitting upright on the carousel, just like the uh, the, the little boy. Mm-hmm. And I watched that so much, and it was so <laughs> funny, and it was so beautiful. And I was like, this is it. This is what you need. This is the this is the balance in life. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. some ugliness in life, but you got to be able to say, um, all right, there is ugliness, but there is still life. Mm-hmm. You know, we, and that's a, and also that's the way that we can connect. There's so many times that people that I didn't know, uh, never seen, never figured out if we could had anything in common, and I would say something funny, and immediately we're drawn to each other. Immediately right. we connect in that moment. And so, so comedy is, I, I think, it's, it's, it can be the glue, especially if you're very good at it. Uh, and I'm not saying that I'm saying we're good at it in the sense that um, you can talk about serious things and you can make light of them mm-hmm. or you can be the escape for, for people that don't want to actually hear about serious things right now. Right. And so um, so, you, so either way, we need comedy and comedy is, you know, very important. It's just not a, it's not just about uh, a guy wearing a silk hat. Right. Out. Actually, a girl wearing a girl wearing a head. I don't know why all these stories have to be so male. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it, it's just so important as we go through our our daily lives that um, your chances to laugh. That is the most uh, physically uh, quickest relief that we can get from one another. Right. Absolutely, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm important. <laughs> what I do is important. I keep on trying to I keep on trying to uh justify my worth when I see like people that are activists and they are, you know, going to these war torn countries and, and volunteering. And I was like, Yes, but my work is important too. I'm like too. <laughs> it is because we all have to remember laughter. We have to. <laughs> yeah, and, we do, absolutely. <laughs> As a fellow Harlem resident, happens to be white, I have to ask you, what is the most as a fellow what? As a fellow Harlem resident who happens to be white, what's the most stereotypical thing you've seen your white neighbors do in your neighborhood? Ah, I don't know that uh, I've seen them do anything stereotypical. Um, Hmm. Other than like. <laughs> uh, white women jogging in the uh, in the in the middle of the night, and I'm not in the middle of the night. Let me not say that because that's not what they've done. But in the in the late evening, um, other than that, because I think everybody has an idea of white women uh, jogging in the middle of the night or jogging when it's not really a good idea to jog. But I say in the late evening. Um, and it, what it actually does is so funny to me because I find that it's like, I mean, whatever predators are out there that are looking for, uh, you know, women to take advantage of, I think it's more people that are actually looking in Harlem looking like, yeah, yeah, I should probably be jogging. <laughs> you know, it's a reminder to get your, get your life together. Uh, thank you, white woman. <laughs> I'm going to do some shit up when I get to the house. <laughs> Well, I think that's what uh, that's what I always laugh at. It is like you know all these people walking uh, and looking around like, oh shit, she made me feel bad. Let me eat an apple. Uh, <laughs> well, I assure you, I don't. Well, that's do what that. it is. Yeah, yeah. It's always a reminder for all of us. Get your life together. Do you need a small wife? <laughs> yeah, do something healthy. And finally, now that sex tape has been released. What's next for Pat Brown? Um, what is next for Pat Brown? Uh, I want to tour this. I want uh, sex tape to be something I can get uh, people get around and I can actually go out and tour it and talk about it. Because 
I find that diversity is so lacking in uh, comedy right now. I mean, and when I say that, you know, if you're on the comedy scene in New York, it is diverse. But mm-hmm. for for those people that are national known uh, comedians, it the the uh, diversity is not uh, is not a big part of it. It's right. really white males, and what it is is, is everybody needs a different voice. I don't, you know, white men can't speak for me. Uh, right. You know, uh, black men can't speak for me. You know, it's you got to have black, uh, you know, voice. You have to have white female voices. Uh, uh, all different kinds of ethnicities and different experiences mm-hmm. and their voices, uh, and that makes comedy fun. But also, it's like it also gives you another side of what. Uh, the world is, our, our, our country is about, you mm-hmm. know, because different experiences uh, inform different times. So um, I think that's important. I want to, I want to be one of those people that I want people to look at me when things happen and say, hey, what is that brown thing on it? Because that's mm-hmm. how I was with, with Chris Rock. When it, every time something happened, I'm like, okay, what's this thing on it? Right. How is he going to make this funny? You know, this uh, this dramatic thing that happened in the world. And I was yeah, but that's the closest thing that I had. But I would love to hear other voices, other uh, reactions to things through uh, a comics uh, voice that is not just male. Right. Uh, I think that's important. So I want that. I want I want to tour this. And uh, I really think that I would be very, very good as a, um, as a, a writer. I mean, not a writer, as a um, talk show. Uh, interviewer, and I, I, don't, I just want to. So right now, I'm working on an idea to uh, have like short little interviews with uh, comics that uh, that are really, really good at what they do, and they're unknown. So it's uh, unfamous. Oh, cool! Uh, All right. So I wanted, yeah. So that's something that's on deck right now. Well, awesome. Well, we will definitely be keeping our eye on you, and hopefully, we could talk once you know some of that stuff comes to fruition again. Oh, absolutely. You're the best, Nikki. Oh, well, thank you so much, Pat. I really appreciate it. And we are so happy that you took the time to talk to High Regard Show today. Um, you know, thanks so much, and we can't wait to hear more from you. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye, Heidi. And we're back. <laughs> we're back, Nick. We are back. We are back. You know what I was actually like blanking out about right there for a second? No. Like the Bush Beans dog. I'm still trying to think of his goddamn name. Just look it up. It's not that hard. You literally have... A computer open in front of me. I know. We, there's two computers on the table. Both of our phones are on the table. Like, we are just so tapped into information. And yet... Duke. 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 I kept thinking it was a B word. Why would it be a B word? I don't know, because it just seems like, like he just seems like he'd have like a B name. So he'd be like Benny Beans. No, but he from is from the Bush Beans. In this picture, he is handsome. <laughs> well, yeah, that goes without saying. He's like sitting on a chair, and then there's a picture of him looking very just judgmental behind like a can of original baked beans. Do you know what would be really cool? If on the front cover of Pat CD there was a picture of Duke. Because it would totally tie into the show right now. <laughs> it would make complete sense, and everybody would be like going, bravo for bringing it all around, I guys. can't help bravo. it that whenever you say, roll that fabulous bean footage, I can't help it if I think of that dog. I can't help it anymore to say, roll that fabulous bean footage, because I feel like we've been doing it for so long now. It's just part of the woodwork. Well... It's getting excited about the little things in life, Tom, that keep life interesting and happy. So, you know, I see I see where you've gone wrong in your life. <laughs> you have no idea where I went wrong in my life. <laughs> you got just a tip of the iceberg. Oh, God. Everything that, sh- that wound up shrink- sinking the Titanic was a little bit deeper than that. So, anyway. Good God. Ooh. So, yes. So, Pat Brown. <laughs> Pat Brown. And, you know... As I was editing the interview, and I heard you hang up on her, which I, did I edited not out. Hang I up did on edit her. Out. She hung up on me. I think you said something like, "So, what do you think about racial relations?" And then I click. <laughs> 
Because you didn't want her answer. Is that what it really came down <laughs> That's to? That's right. That's right. I did not want her commentary on <laughs> racial relations in the comedy world. Did you just say rhetorical question? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really waiting for your answer, but whatever. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a really, really awesome interview. And I think that we've talked about it before, especially like just after, you know, not too long ago doing the show Black and White with the guys from A&E, that comedy really is a way to bridge the gap between not only race, but also gender, how being a woman comedian, which for some reason they're just, people say they're either not funny or there's not a lot of them around. Kind of, I could say there definitely could be more of them, but they're definitely funny. And also sexuality, her, you know, being an open lesbian, which, you know, also bridges that gap as well. Like, I feel like people need to be more open about what they know about in order to educate people. Right, exactly. And I think that, like, a way that we can truly understand each other is for us to see that we don't have to take each other so seriously or take ourselves so seriously because that's where you get into like scuffles where it's like, well, I'm too serious and I believe this and this is the only way of the world. And it's like when you get to see someone who, you know, there's been so many things in the news about people being against people and things like that. But like when we can laugh at things together Because that's how you heal is by like breaking it down and dealing with it. And I think that that's really like how comedy is going to heal the world. And that's all that I have to say because I had a (laughs) really good speech in the last episode that Tom put down the shitter and I don't remember what it was. So that's my story. Comedy can heal all wounds. Comedy can heal a lot of wounds. I don't know about open wounds. Or yeah. sores. Or they pu- might, yeah, no. They I don't might. think you can heal sores. Flesh wounds, it, you know, missing you know. limbs. It's not going to be able to heal that. No. Probably. I mean, it might like be. Medically, it. Like medically. Medically, yeah. I won't be able to do that. Maybe in your head, like for a minute, you might laugh and be like, oh, I'm forgetting about that broken finger right now. Or isn't it funny how, you know, so-and-so fell out of a tree and snapped their leg. Like, it, it's funny for other people, but not necessarily healing for the person who fell out of the tree. <laughs> oh my god, you are so retarded today. I know, man. But anyway, I can't help it. You know that. It's just what it is. It is. It is, and I'm still learning to live with it. <laughs> so a family of five. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I can't imagine that. Like, we had, we were like, you know, the basic two two kids, dog, like, that was who we were, and man, Pat I got to tell you, in our last show, we went into great lengths about your family, mm-hmm. uh, what we could imagine it being, which we're not going to do over no, again. And, I, and, you know, and I just like <laughs> that, like, she owed to the fact that, like, you know, it was because of this family life that, like, you know, that honed her comedic skills. Because, like, you kind of have to, in a family like that, like, you have to be able to, like, have a sense of humor because everybody's clamoring to be heard in a family of five. And Well, that's it. What know? we were saying, we were saying that. You know, kid number one always stands out. Kid number two, you know, can usually rise above because they're an overachiever, because they have to be, because like they, they have are something to number prove. one. Yeah. But then when kid number three comes along and that's the baby, kid number two is totally fucked. Yeah, it's a jam situation. And we're recording this show on the day that is hashtag National Middle Child's Day. You sure that's the hashtag? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's probably. Not. I almost said syndrome. Like I wanted to, add, I wanted to put the word syndrome in there for some reason. National Middle Child Syndrome Day because it is a syndrome. So like, somebody has like droopy eyes and they're like the middle no. child. Is that what you're saying? No. It's what it comes down to. They're just Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Okay, there's that. So, <laughs> so what happens though? You know, we know that number three kind of screws up number two. But what happens when four and five comes along? Are you when you get into like six and seven, eight and nine? Well, nine is insane. Six, I can see because I knew a family of six before. That's disgusting. But you know what happens with six though? I feel like after you get to number three, and number three is your baby, everything after that, they're just wildlings. Yeah. They just go about their own business. They could build a treehouse and live out there if they wanted to. Put a coffee can on a string, load it up with some bread, and 
milk and they can pull it up into that tree house and just eat up there. Like, that's what it is. Like, and, you know, you could either be the kind of person who. Oh my God, you're going off on a tangent. I am not going on a tangent. Listen, you can be the kind of person who says, look. (laughs) Don't you point that straw at me. um, I want to go into comedy because the other four people in front of me, they think they're funny. Not so much. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going up there. I'm going to show them number five is really number one. That's math. So you go up on stage. What happens the first time? Bomb. Booed. People booed. And I think that is like the rudest thing you can do. Yeah, because like you can't tell me that everybody in an audience is going to be the kind of person that would go up on stage. Like that is just horrible because like it takes a special brave person to get up on stage. And that's not something that I would ever do. Like I would never willingly get up on stage. You know what it takes? Balls. It takes big, huge balls to get up on stage because... There's always that possibility that somebody is going to boo you. The most ignorant, stupid people will go to a comedy club and boo the things that they won't do themselves. Yeah. So, when that happens, you have two choices. Choice number one is, well, that was a bad experiment. Never doing that again. <laughs> Run off crying. That'd like be I you. Would. <laughs> Or you say, well, next week's going to be better. And that's what Pat did. And she just kept going. Because she going. because she was confident enough to know that she was funny. And she was like, I'm going to I'm going to make you laugh. God damn it. And like, that's funny. Like, that's awesome. And from listening to the interview. Yeah. Pat's confident. Yeah. <laughs> she is definitely 100 percent confident. And you have to be. You want to yeah, have like to you be. have to be because you have to be able to like take that kind of heat and laugh about it. Again, it all comes back to just having a sense of humor and being able to laugh at yourself because when you can laugh at yourself, it heals everything. <laughs> <laughs> Again, except for open wounds. Because we're not experts. <laughs> like, please, don't go out on your jet ski and say, I have nothing to worry about this <laughs> summer because as long as I bring sex tape on my iPod with me, everything is going to be all right. Did you just lose an appendage in an unfortunate smelting accident? Just laugh. Just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I've fallen off a curb. Luckily, I had my Walkman on. Oh my God. <laughs> Whatever, Nikki. Mine was funnier and you hated it. <laughs> I, I hated it because I thought I could have done better. But I'm going to just try harder is what it's going to make me do. And it's going to make the show better for it. So, with that said, I think, what does she have coming up next? She's thinking about doing, like, a show now where she's going to interview comedians. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And she's going to have, you know, because she's like... How people can't speak for her. Everybody needs a different voice. Like, I, you know, I really like that. So she's like, black men can't speak for me. White men can't speak for me. So I think it's it would be awesome if she got a vehicle where, you know, she could talk for herself and talk to other people and help the world heal. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for the world to just, like, explode. And just as the white light flash comes closer to us at the last second, you'll be like... Ain't nothing healing this one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be watching like Pineapple Express just being like, whatever. Oh my God. That would be what I'd say. Well, totally. To yeah. yeah who that's cares, man? To so, one of my favorite questions that I asked Pat, <laughs> which she, because there's nothing better than when you get a, a, that's a fucking awesome question, which Pat did give me. She did. She made a really big deal out of it. <laughs> she did. And I love that because, like, you want to ask something that's nobody's asked before, you know? I think and, you got it. I did. And, you know, so what would you, Tom, if we did a sex tape (laughs) and it became a global sensation as I know it would be, what would you want to happen after its release? Would you want a reality show, a fashion line, a record contract? I mean, given last week's rock band 
bullshit from you, I'm sure a record contract would be in there. <laughs> would you want... I think that goes without saying. You already have a high-powered romance, so you're already, like, you know, one, you know, one tile piled up or something. Internet fame for all eternity or something else? Like, what would you want to come from the global sensation sex tape that we could possibly release? I think it would probably be a reality show. Because that's like the biggest springboard to, like, that's the biggest springboard to stardom. Even though I I wouldn't necessarily want to be on it. Because, like, I know, like, a lot of comedians, they want a show. They want to, like, be Mm -hmm. in front of the camera. I think I feel more comfortable writing and Mm -hmm. hiding behind a microphone. Just, you know, it's just what my comfort zone is. I think I'd like to try acting. Well, I think you should. <laughs> if I can act like without being in front of people, I think that would be good. Well, since we're still on my answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I it's think, not like a four-part answer. Well, I, I want to be specific on the type of reality show I would want it to be on. Get I think there. I would want it to be like on Discovery Channel. This and it could be Tom. like a medical show. This is Tom in his natural habitat. No, I would say more definitely more medical. Like these are all the medical things that could possibly go wrong. <laughs> Leg cramps, foot cramps, back cramps. Like, you know. That sounds like a horrible show. Well, nobody said it was going to be like, you know, a good sex tape. It just might be like, you know, here's why you should probably stretch before sex. having sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe it's like a documentary type of show that just people put out there, and it'll be like, ooh, How? I didn't realize so many injuries could occur during How the act not of... to make a sex tape? <laughs> yeah, I think that would be good. I think <laughs> I, that would pretty much be it. I could see it being the green light, like just horrible lighting, and <laughs> just close-ups of people's eyes, which look totally freaking weird when they're like in that green light. Ow, ow, you're on my hair. <laughs> Yeah, man, I do have very long hair. <laughs> so I, I, I would think, I would think reality show, but not the traditional like, look at me, you know, I'm or, just hanging or out. Or not one that room. anybody would watch. <laughs> Which I think is key for everybody in the scenario <laughs> right now is that nobody watches it. Like, I don't think it would be good for anybody to watch it. Well, there you go. Great what would answer. you want? Everything. You'd want everything. Everything. I'd want internet You fame. would want a recording contract from a sex <laughs> No, I wouldn't want that. It would sound like Yoko Ono. Yeah, or like if you pull like, <laughs> or if you pull like Linda's like, Linda McCartney's like, like, I heard this one like tape once that like somebody pulled out all of Linda McCartney's parts and it was like, that's me. Yeah, if you did a sex tape, you're going to be like, oh, well, I'm here for that recording contract I got from doing my sex tape. And they're going to be like, all right, and you're going to go to try to sing something traditional. And you're going to be like, no, just make that noise again. Or just like, it would just be me and like dogs barking. Like, it just me like, like the new version of like the Jingle Bells dog song. So it really would sound just like the sex tape. <laughs> Except for, for us, it's usually nasty-ass cats. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't want to be, like... Like, I just would want to be, like, internet famous where, like, I could just... Oh, I'm going to write a book, and it's going to be a bestseller, you know? And then it's going... Like, because I feel like when you're that kind of, like, just celebrity, like, quote-unquote, like, doors that shouldn't open, open. And I think that that's maybe the best way for me to get in the publishing world. But do you honestly think somebody that puts out a sex tape is going to be launched to that stardom? Because I know people um, who've had at- that talent and just get to a certain point and they are just totally blocked in. Like there's only so far you can go but, I mean, getting famous look like at, that. Like, Paris Hilton had her sex tape back. Like she was like the fir- like one of the first celebrities to like really cash in on a sex tape. And then until Kim Kardashian's sex tape blew Paris Hilton out of the stratosphere. And look at like you know, say what you will about the Kardashians. I hate them. I hate their show. I hate everything about them. I think they are the most disgusting human beings. And you cannot deny their business acumen. You cannot deny how brilliant they are at marketing and promotion. But you think that they're going to go any further than what they are right now because Do of the they need to go any further? They well, have everything. They have shows. They have fashion. They get invited to the biggest things. They get like they're every fucking where, man. Today. 
but there's not like going to be a lot of staying power in that. It's not like you've earned your way up. Sweetie, they're always going to find a way. They're like roaches. They're like roaches in a New York City apartment. They won't. Look at how they've changed because it was like, oh, the sex tape. Then it was like this family dynamic. Then it became like they have children then it became like kate jenner and then it became like all these other like the kanye thing so like they're always gonna find something to keep themselves on the outskirts of like not even they're gonna keep keep themselves in the mainstream whether or not it like fades on and off like they're always gonna find something because that's that that's what they're good at is keeping themselves in the spotlight somehow but sooner or later you run out of stuff like you just do and then when you go away it's like you try to come back and it's like there's not really a comeback from that. True. It's so, True. so rare. But I think, but what I'm saying is, I think if anybody could do it, these roaches could. I don't think so. I think that they're going to be good for now. I think that they will definitely be around for a little while longer. But once they slip off the scale, it's done. There's no coming well, here's back hoping. It. Here's hoping I'm wrong because I would love to see them go away. Well, what would you come back on? You've already done the sex tape. I feel like that's the last thing that you release. Like, at the end, like, there's nothing else I but can But that's not how it do. works. That's not how it works. It's it's usually the sex tape that, like, the, we wouldn't even know the word Kardashian. She was like a Paris Hilton hanger on. She was like her assistant or something like that. And then she, the sex tape came out and that's what pushed her into the forefront. Okay, I follow Paris Hilton on Instagram. No, you do not. I 100% do, because she's always DJing at these crazy cool places, like, all over the world. But that's it. That's what she is now. She's a DJ. Yeah, she doesn't have to be anything. She could be anything she wants. But that's not because of the sex tape. It's because her parents were rich as shit, man. (laughs) Right, but I'm just saying it was things like that that pushed people into the mainstream. If it wasn't stuff like that, she would have just been like some other socialite that like maybe would have showed up in the papers once in a while. But then like, oh my God, look at this stupid girl and like these videos and blah, 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 blah. And like that's what got people talking and that's what got people interested in her. Because it's one thing if you just see a socialite coming out of a hotel from an event or something. Something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing, though. The Kardashians, they, just like Paris Hilton, had money behind them to start. They were rich, and it was kind of like, ooh, look at the rich doing something wrong. Right. And that's still the same reason why they're famous now. It's like, ooh, look what the rich are doing now. But I, so, oh, they're no, dressing I, up I disagree. as women now. It, I disagree. Really? Okay. I disagree. Okay, don't get... You're no, getting no, so mad. I'm not getting mad. I'm just saying, what if, what if we know... What if somebody from your high school, right, went and put out a sex tape? You think there would be any fame behind it whatsoever? (laughs) No. I know for a fact the same way. It's like you have to have something as a catalyst to get you to that next. So their money got them like, look what you did. Your family's money. Look what they did. What a disgrace. Disgusting act of you sons of bitches. Whatever you want to call it. All right. Well, there we have it. But an actor or something like that, or a comedian, I mean, they have talent. Like, there's actual talent that's involved. And you can go away and then come back again. Like Andrew Dice Clay. Who the hell? Saw him coming back. No one in a million years. Andrew Dice Clay, when he went away, he went away kind of like on a downswing. Because it was like, we've heard all the nursery rhymes. We've heard all of the same stories. And it got to be the point where, like, women didn't want to hear misogynistic, like, stuff. and Right. Times yeah. are changing. Yeah, he times was, are he changing. He was out. And then... <laughs> Years go by. The strangest thing happened. Out of the blue, Andrew Dice Clay comes back. His show, funnier than anything he has ever Ever done done in his life. Because, and it all goddamn goes back to healing yourself with comedy, (laughs) because he poked fun at himself. He did. And that's the point, though. Like, if the Kardashians went (laughs) off the map for that amount of time... What are they gonna do? They're gonna come back with another sex tape. Who's gonna watch a forty-five-year-old fat ass Kim? Yeah, by that time, that thing is sagging down to the back of her kneecaps. Like, <laughs> seriously, no one's gonna want to see that. It's ridiculous. There we go. All right, I have, I have. Have you seen the light? I have no, but I have reached my level of talking about this. 
<laughs> See, that's my strategy. Either I get you to agree with me or just submit. Like it would not be the same thing. Submi- no, because if submit you agree with agree. me, it's kind of like, oh, and you actually have the same I'm not submitting. I just don't care. So uh, if the, if you want to take it as like a, a thing of power, by all means, Tom, take it. Take it as a thing of power. Let's do what did you know? All right. We could do it. Did you know? Did you know? So this week's did you know? I wanted to try to... Debunk the myth that women aren't funny, that there's not, like, a lot of women in comedy. Because as I was doing the research for this show, that seems to be the general consensus written by so many out legit, totally legit outlets. Huffington Post, Entertainment Weekly. Okay. All saying, few women, women just aren't that funny. Which I totally agree. Disagree with. <laughs> Agree. Totally, you totally disagree with. Sure. Because I feel like now more than ever, there are so many women comedians. And most of the com- comedies that you and I watch regularly at least have one starring woman in it mm-hmm. as like the comedic forefront. Where in years past, maybe not so much. But if you look back, you got like Lucy. You got like. Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett. You got Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. I mean, it's not like women didn't exist in the media. It's like they just it happens in cycles, in right? These big numbers. Yeah, like with with black comedians, you know, back in the day, like it happened in cycles. Like you had the Cosby, you had Richard Pryor, you had Eddie Murphy, like. And, you know, Dave Chappelle and, you know, even like in today, like Kevin Hart's and things like that, where like today it's more, you know, it's definitely like people of color are definitely more prevalent in, you know, the comedy world. But like back then it seemed like cyclical, like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to let this one person kind of come up and be something, you know, because they really struck a chord with people and made people laugh. Just like with women over the ages, you know. But what's weird is even now with all the advancements and these women that are coming out that are funny. I don't care what anybody says. That argument is never going to fly. Like, Amy Schumer in a movie is great. Uh, uh, what's her name? McCartney. Melissa McCartney. Melissa McCartney. Fantastic. McCartney. Like, I love her watching it. I love watching her in movies. think it's hysterical, even though she's the same character many times. Yeah, and It's everything. still great. But so are, there's tons of guys that, like, Robert Downey Jr. plays the same person in every single movie. Robert Downey Jr. plays Robert Downey Jr. in yeah, every ex- movie. exactly. <laughs> People just forget that yeah. he was such a douche when he was younger. So what is Did You Know? <laughs> so this week's Did You Know was going to be based on, like, the highest paid comedians. And who would you think, out of women-wise, would be, like, one of the highest paid comedians? Like, is it a current woman or is it... No, I'm just asking you, just in like general. the highest paid woman? Yep. I don't know, man. Nobody does because not a single one of them cracked the top ten. What li- On whose list? Forbes. Not a single woman was on Forbes' list. Not a single woman was on the Forbes' top ten comedian list for the year of 2015. That's fucking bullshit. It's mind-blowing that that's the case. Because, but, I mean, like, you'd have to... I mean, like, Tina Fey has her hands. Like, I mean, she's still writing. She's still acting. She has Kimmy... She has Kimmy Schmidt, which is, like, a huge hit. She has, you know, she appears on, like, Difficult People. You know, and Amy Poehler is, like, a producer of that. Like, that's ridiculous. It is so insane to me. So, I said, who are the top five paid comedians and where do they weigh in to the people that you and I think are funny? Who is it? The top five comedians are Aziz Ansir. Ansari. Aziz Ansari. Oh, whatever, man. What number is he? He is number five. Now, I don't personally find him funny. Like, I've never seen his stand-up, but I just know that, like, I didn't like Parks and Rec and I didn't like his character on it. You know, it has nothing to do with him. I just didn't like his character. So, like, I don't know. But I hear really good things about his, you know, Master of None show on Netflix. And I know that's definitely on our list to check out. But it is. But he's number five. He's number five, making $9 million for 2015. Damn. Then there is a tie for number four with Russell Peters. Who? Russell Peters. Who the hell is that? Man, I don't know. He's a comedian. Russell Peters... 
and Jeff Dunham are tied. Oh, God, Jeff Dunham is terrible. Making $19 million for 2015. Oh, my God, that makes me sick. But That makes me absolutely sick. I have never in my life seen this Russell Peters person. Is he from Britain? I believe I he have might no be. idea. I have no I I have never in my life seen him. Well, he is tied for number and 4. And he's Canadian. Canadian. There you go. Same thing. England, Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one country's broke. One person one country's the top half of America. So there you go. There you have it. Jeff Dunham, though, man. It's oh, like he is I awful. don't quite understand how that worked out. Like, and how a female com- comedian could not have at least passed him. Like, I don't get it. Like, I absolutely don't get it. Then there is Terry Fator. Who? Terry Fator, who made... Are we on number two now? This is number three. Oh, okay. Oh, because there was a tie for fourth. Yes. Terry Fator made... $21.5 million for 2015. Ew. First of all, I'm just looking him up now. I have no idea who he is. I've never seen him before in my life. And this is bullshit because, like, you know, like, we love comedy. We watch a lot of comedy stuff. And the fact that, like, we didn't know two people in the top five is, like, what are you talking about? But first of all, just according to, like, the little Wikipedia blurb that comes up, First of all, he is a ventriloquist, which is the one of the creepiest fucking things anybody could ever be, and does impersonations with 16 different puppets in his act. Now, why would anybody want to see someone with a puppet on stage? And that's how Jeff Dunham is. Jeff Dunham has those fucking creepy puppets. Why are people into puppets all of a sudden? People love the puppets. They are not nice. <laughs> they are not nice. And just a tidbit. Yes. Terry Fader was born on my June 10th birthday. Ooh. Disgusting. Where's your $21.5 million? Not in my pocket. It's because you're a woman. (laughs) Now, number two, I can totally get behind. Okay. And I know you have very mixed reactions about this person, Hmm. but he has grown on me big time. Kevin Hart. You know, yeah. Kevin Hart made $28.5 million in 2000. Good for him, though, because he is everywhere. Like, he really is. And, like, he is, like, not just, I'm not just talking about, like, like in a way that I'm getting sick of rock being. You were sick of Kevin Hart for a while. I've, like, I, he just didn't, like, he just would go over the top. Like, he went over the top too much. But then, like, it seems he changed a little bit and, like, he mellowed. Because I always thought he was funny, but then he would just, like, grate on my nerves, like, when I'd see him at a roast or something. Well, he'd ramp up. Like, he's a ramp-up comedian. Yeah. Like, he starts off funny, and you're like, God damn, but like, then he this has is to... so observational and great. But then the yelling comes in. And then, like, when other people are, like, do like, I remember watching him on a roast one time, and he, I don't know if he was the host or something, but, like. He wasn't, I, no, no, I think he was just on the dais. Are you sure? All right. But he was, I think think he might've been the host because he was like off to the side of the stage while like the people were talking and doing the roasting and he was like acting out in the background. So it was like, you were looking at him and not the person who was like actually speaking about the person being roasted. And that just bothers me because like, you're trying to like, yeah, it's like, you're not the center of attention. Exactly. Let the person with the mic That really bothers me. But then like, we saw him in central intelligence and he was like really, really funny because he played against type. Like he was not that same because in ride along, he was like the same person that he was in like you know other movies and but I didn't mind Ride Along either no and like and that's yeah but like it just got a bit much for me I think it's just that he starts off funny and he could just stay funny yeah but instead he just starts to get more animated and like more I think energized as it goes on and then it gets to the point where it's like dude there's too much energy I'm losing your joke by watching your mannerisms yeah but Lately, though, like especially since Central Intelligence, this dude has totally grown yeah, on he me. Really and I has. get it. I and, totally get it. You know, I just read an interview with him in EW, and you know, just how he is, like with his kids, and how, just like like he's somebody who 
just oh my god it goes back to comedy healing because he's it's just a healing man he's a healer he's kevin hart the healer <laughs> because he just talks about how it's like being positive and like he gets busted on a lot like there's a lot to make fun of with kevin hart you know <laughs> because but like he doesn't let that get him down where like you would see like on the roast battle and stuff where like people would get like legitimately hurt by the Ralphie things that, yeah Ralphie may got freaking <laughs> so pissed and I mean like but like that's you wouldn't find me on a stage like that because I'm too sensitive but like as you know <laughs> that's your favorite thing about me but like he like Kevin Hart like and he went to this and he was a judge and just the way that he would speak to the contestants and like talk like he was he's paid his dues over the years but like he's still giving to the, like he's still like participating in ways that like he doesn't need to anymore because he's at that level and i think that's really cool it is very cool and i totally get behind the kevin hart thing but number one you're gonna probably like it it makes me a little bit angry i'm gonna like it who is it jerry seinfeld wow really Worth 36 million dollars in 2015 I'm sorry I do love him like I will always love Seinfeld like I will always love him like I just and I follow his wife on Instagram and like they are just adorable together but are they doing enough for him to be the number one grossing dude I know we've never watched it but I've read so much about it I've seen a lot of his stand-ups and I no 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 no. not even stand-up man he's doing that comedians and cars getting coffee and Everybody uh, I I raves about it. it. I we definitely should check it out because it does look really, really funny. But and and I like Seinfeld. Like I I remember being like at one of the shows at Gotham one night, and he showed and up, always, and I was so excited. And he just came out and he did like fifteen a fifteen minute set, and it was kind of like, what the hell is going on? Like and Seinfeld we is so- standing like three people away from me right now doing a set, and it was almost as if. A presidential candidate walks in the room where they have this aura of everybody's funny, but holy shit, this guy yeah. is fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, it was like, holy shit. Like, that was a great, great, that was like one of my favorite moments, you know, like, just that was such a cool thing. Like, not favorite moment, but like, favorite like New York City thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was awesome. But just looking at the the, the difference in in pay scale, like 36 million. And you look and you, and you look and you I'm just saying, if you look at things like, you know, um, what's her name? Eva Longoria. Is Who? she, who's the one that's on? Who's the one that's on another period? Natasha Lucia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who the fuck is Eva Longoria? Eva Longoria was on like Desperate Housewives. I don't even know why I know that. Oh, well, who she... that is? I can't even imagine who she is. All right, but Natasha, right? Yeah. On another period, she shows up on all the roasts. Yeah. She's like, and she's horrific. I love her so much. She's horrible. She's always popping up on things, and yeah. it's kind of like. Man, you are work. I feel like Seinfeld could just walk out on stage and everybody just laughs automatically. And I'm not saying he's not funny. Where somebody like Natasha goes out and busts her ass on super intelligent writing. And like, you're not even in the top 10. Yeah. It's like, you got to be kidding me. And Louis C.K., who also works very hard, again. And does like dip. He has his nib and everything like TV, stand up. He's number six on the list. I don't know. only nine million. And like, I believe that. But, like, with these fucking puppet guys? Like, but, he's below puppet guys? But it's just so weird. Like, it's so hard to gauge what the country is looking for right now. I feel like everything is up for grabs. Well, look at our choice of presidential candidates. Well, they're not all making fun of presidential candidates. But I'm just saying, like, look at, like, Middle America likes ventriloquism? Middle America must love it. Love it. But maybe they're going to wind up liking Pat and, like, (laughs) just put, like, sex tape on the map. Because I feel like right now, it's like a game of jacks. They're just there for the taking. Just bounce that ball and see what happens. There you go. And if you... Let's end. Like, I'm like, are we still in Did You Know? Jesus we Christ. We are. Maybe it may be the longest Did You Know in HRS history. Oh, my God. Let's just cut that off right now. Okay. And that's this week's Did You Know. <laughs> Did You Know? 
right, let's keep this nice and short because I feel like we went down a rabbit hole. If you want to learn more about Pat Brown's sex tape, and I know you do. You better. <laughs> just visit comedianpatbrown.com. And we'll also have a link to it in this week's show description. Of course we will, because she was awesome and we really don't mind promoting awesome people. That's right. So thank you, Pat, you awesome biatch. I hope she does not take offense to that. And <laughs> Pat, if you do, that was Nikki. <laughs> I love you, Pat. Now, if you want to learn more about the High Regard Show, check out our website at highregardshow.com. And you can email us anytime at highregardshow at gmail.com. And you can find us on all social media at High Regard Show. And look for us on the comedy from here on out when it comes to podcasts. Since we are no longer listed on the personal journals, hopefully, because that's <laughs> where we originally were. But if we are, you can expect next week's episode to go a little something like this. We are not going to speak in the personal journal voice. We it might. would be wrong. We might. We might talk about some serious things, Tom. Why don't you say goodnight, Nikki? Good night, Nikki. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye.